This is the Lions Unchained podcast, where the shackles of your mind are broken. It's not for the faint-hearted, but the chosen few who've embraced the call to leadership, dare to venture where others will not, and believe in God's supernatural power. Join Carl Joseph now for a life-changing word. Get ready to be unleashed into your destiny. Friend, there are 217 modern-day English translations of the Bible. And one of the questions I've been asked down the years is this. Pastor, which one of these Bible versions truly represents the Word of God? Now that's a great question. Friend, I will start out by saying that God can use any translation of the Bible for His glory. He can even use inferior paraphrase versions, in some cases, to get His point across. But there is only one version that has not been corrupted, and it will take me some time to explain which one it is and why I believe it's so. Heck, we know that God can even lead someone to Christ with one sentence from any Bible. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. We know in 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 through 17, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. But the question then becomes, which Bible translation in our possession today is truly regarded as Holy Scripture? Friend, if you've ever compared the King James Version of the Bible to any other modern-day translations, you'll quickly realize that many of the verses have not only been deliberately changed, but even removed or omitted from the original text, which begs the question, why did the translators do this? Now, I don't have time to explain the entire history of how the King James Bible came into our possession, but I will leave that for another broadcast. My focus today encompasses the glaring omissions, amendments, and deliberate changes in the modern-day translations. And when I say modern, I'm talking particularly about translations received after the 19th century and into the 20th century. Now, friend, in order to attain an accurate Bible, it should be translated from the original Hebrew Scriptures for the Old Testament and from the Greek language in the New Testament. It should never include the Apocrypha, which was excluded by the King James translators and Jerome because the Hebrews excluded it from their writings also. Now, of all the Bibles ever written, only the Geneva and the King James Bibles were translated from the original Hebrew Old Testament. We could use either of these two Bibles as a guide for accuracy, but only the King James Version continued to be updated into modern English. All throughout history, the meaning of words in our Bible remain unchanged, both in their original languages and through God-anointed translations. But like I said, beginning in the late 1800s, modern scholars changed the meaning of words into what the Lord never meant to say. They changed God's word into what they think God should have said, when what he said has been clear to all throughout the ages. In fact, all modern Bible versions are not only missing some of God's word, but they also change the meaning of those words in some cases. Their focus was more on the meaning of what was said rather than a direct word-for-word -word translation. But this leads to confusion. That's why this attack on God's word today stems from two fronts. Number one, omissions. And number two, deliberate amendments. 
One important observation is this, my friend. All modern Bibles after the 1800s chose to translate the New Testament from the Nestle and Hollande Greek New Testament instead of the Textus Receptus, which is Latin for the received text that was prepared by Robert Stephanus in 1550. So the modern translators were not even looking at the same manuscripts as the King James translators to begin with. Even more shocking is the fact that some of the translators of the modern-day Bibles weren't even believers in God, but merely scholars in the true sense of the word, and consequently did not hold God's word in high esteem as they should have. Friend, that's like letting the wolf watch over the hen house. These people had no right to translate these texts because the Bible makes it clear that the Holy Spirit is the one who brings illumination and understanding to God's word, and without him we are blind to understanding it correctly. So what's the difference between the two Greek manuscripts from which the New Testament was translated, as I mentioned? I'll tell you the difference. It's shocking. Check this out. There are 2,886 fewer words in the Greek manuscripts used for the modern-day translations compared to the underlying manuscripts of the King James Bible. That's why so many verses are omitted in our modern-day translations, some of which I will mention shortly. If you were to equate this amount of missing words between the Stephanus Greek text and the Nestle and Hollande Greek text, it would be equivalent to, get this, the entire books of First and Second Peter combined. Wow. So when you pick up an NIV or an NLT or an NASB or an ESV or an RSV or any other modern translation, there are literally thousands of English words missing in comparison to the King James authorized version because of the underlying differences in the two New Testament Greek manuscripts. For example, the King James Version has 774,746 English words, and the NIV has 741,065 words. Friend, that's a discrepancy of 33,680 words missing from the NIV. Friend, this is not accidental but deliberate on the part of the translators. Now, there are several things you can look for in any Bible when you purchase one, and I will list some of them for you now. Number one, is Acts 8.37 missing? The Ethiopian eunuch asked the apostle Philip, who stopped him. He wanted to be baptized in water. And this is what it says. And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Friend, this key piece of information of believing with the heart is omitted from the NLT, NIV, and 30 English Bibles in total. Why would anybody deliberately choose to leave out such key information upon which someone's salvation would hinge. Number two, is there a footnote suggesting that Mark 16, 19 through 20 is not in the oldest and best manuscripts? In other words, how can I know if Jesus really rose from the dead? Friends, when it comes to the authenticity of manuscripts, older is not necessarily better. Number three, does 1 Corinthians 1.18 tell you if you're being saved or saved? Friend, we know that salvation is a choice. It's a one-time occurrence, which is clearly laid out in the King James. However, in the New King James, the Amplified, the NLT, or the NIV, for example, the text in these Bibles says that we are being saved as an ongoing process. And this, my friend, is a lie from the pit of hell. Salvation is not a process. It's a one-time affair. That's the same as saying, were you born 25 years ago? Oh no, I'm still being born. I'm in the process of being born these 25 years. Friend, this is total nonsense. 
Number four, does John 3.16 show that Jesus was an only son or the only begotten son? If begotten is not there, how was Jesus different from the sons of God in John 1.12? Number five, is Jesus merely a servant or a son in Acts 3.26? In many of the modern day translations, the sonship of Jesus is denied. Number six, and finally, does your Bible deny the Trinity of God, friend? Yes, I said it. Does your Bible deny the Trinity? If so, turn to 1 John 5.7 to find out. It should say, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. But in many modern-day translations, it merely says there are three that testify, and they exclude the spirit, water, and blood. This is a gross mistranslation of the original text and does not represent the witness of all three aspects of the Godhead bearing witness to Christ being the Son of God. Friend, unless you've taken the time to study the deliberate obfuscations of the modern-day translations for yourself, you'll never realize that they've become watered down in many key areas, and this should be a warning to us. Anyone who does not perform due diligence before buying a Bible risks reading a book that shifts the true meaning away from God's Word into something else. Any pastor or teacher who does not research this issue also risks guiding people with a defective book which has been stripped of the power of God. Friend, there is much information that has been revealed in recent years about the modern-day translations, and frankly, some of these findings are disturbing, and let me cover some of them right now. The NIV translation, which is called the New International Version, or better still, the Nearly Inspired Version, which is what my old college teacher would call it, is by far and away the most deliberately subversive translation of the Bible ever published. It was first circulated in 1978 and was the first critical text Bible to deliberately replace the King James in popularity. This NIV has more missing Bible verses than any other translation up to its time. If you want more bang for your buck, friend, buy a King James Version because you get more words per page. Whoever translated the NIV appears to have had a sinister agenda to which the reader is unaware, and don't take my word for it. I'm going to read some for you now. The changes made in the NIV compared to the King James Version. Number one. Did you know that the NIV has 16 verses missing from the New Testament? It's the top-selling Bible in the U.S. right now and recently surpassed the King James, which is troubling. Number two, in Isaiah 14:12, it has the audacity to blaspheme the name of Christ by calling Lucifer the morning star instead of the son of the morning, as it should be translated. It infers that it was Jesus who was cast out of heaven, not Lucifer. Jesus is rightly called the morning star in Revelation 22:16, and is one of the names of our Lord. Number three, it omits Matthew 17:21, which provides key insight into the deliverance of a child who is prone to seizures and removes the words prayer and fasting. Number four, it removes the key verse in Matthew 18:11, which says, For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Number five, it removes Mark 11:26, a key verse on unforgiveness where it says, But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Number six, it removes Mark 15, 28, the only place in the Bible showing Jesus' crucifixion, fulfilling Isaiah 53, 12, and all sorts of historical details concerning the life of Christ and the early church are omitted deliberately from the NIV elsewhere. 
Number seven, in Colossians 1.14, the NIV removes the word blood. So it says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Not true, friend. The King James reveals that it is through the blood of Jesus we have the forgiveness of sins. These translators have removed the precious blood of Jesus, the means by which the price of our sin was paid. Friend, did you notice that which has been removed from the NIV are some of the most important words that Christ ever spoke? Is this a coincidence? I don't think so. And why are these translators removing entire sections of the Bible anyway? And you know how everyone loves the New King James Version right now, but it also has issues. Many claim it's just a newer version, a more readable version of the King James in a modern language, right? Wrong. Let me share some facts about the New King James Version with you also. The New King James has the word Lord omitted 66 times. God is removed 51 times. The word heaven is removed 50 times. Repent is taken out 44 times. The blood is removed 23 times. And finally, the word hell is omitted 22 times. Friend, there are also some paraphrased Bibles out there, like the Living Bible or the Story Bible or the Message. These are not the true word of God, no matter how much you like them. A paraphrase is a restatement of a text or passage by giving the meaning of it in another form. It's not a word-for-word translation, but someone's opinion of what the sentence should say. So be very careful with these paraphrased Bibles. In closing, I would recommend to you that if you're a new Christian and you struggle to understand the Elizabethan prose, I would have you purchase a parallel Bible, which has two translations running side by side on the same page. That way you can compare the King James to a more modern day translation, like the NASB, NLT or Amplified Bibles, but never the NIV. That way, if you get stuck with some of the old English wording, you can compare with a modern day translation. Friend, tomorrow I'm going to explain the history of the Bible and how it came into our possession. I will explain to you the two rivers of source text that have run through history and reveal how our modern day translations were not only deliberately corrupted by scholars, but their sole intention was to deride the true word of God. These men were not even believers in Christ, but altered the translations to pander to their own agnostic or atheistic beliefs. So stay tuned, friend, and as you can tell, I'm fired up about this one. You've been listening to Carl Joseph and the Lions Unchained podcast. Carl is a minister who has witnessed God's miraculous power to save, heal, and deliver. Carl covers topics such as geopolitics, current affairs, cults, societal trends, and end-time events, all through a biblical lens. Every Monday, new podcasts are uploaded, so stay tuned for the next opportunity to roar into victory. Check out carljosephministries.com for exciting articles, teachings, and discussion points. See you next week, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.